Hello, hello, Nikki here. And today we are talking about the top five resume mistakes of 2023, the things that I keep seeing over and over. I'm the creator of the Job Salon, which is a career coaching community that um, offers resume reviews by me, who's a 15-year career recruiter um, working for companies like Facebook, Meta, um, and nonprofits and all kinds of different firms, agencies, startups, you name it. So I um, I include resume reviews. We have weekly group coaching sessions. We have a bunch of different stuff going on in there. A access to my course called Job Search School. Um, it is a super low cost, I think high value program. And in it, I review a lot of resumes. I review a lot of resumes by day as well during regular recruiting functions. But as a career coach, I also review a lot of resumes. So that's where this video was inspired. Um, I'm going through what I've seen as the top resume mistakes of 2023. These are things that I think are kind of, I, I keep giving the same feedback to people when I do these resume reviews as part of the, the job salon program. So I uh, wanted to just kind of share what I'm seeing. Uh, so first of all, um, I, I have another masterclass in my program as well, which goes into resumes, like way more depth. Um, it's an hour long, all about resumes and LinkedIn. But um, so I'm going to try to breeze through this and I'm talking quickly, but I want it to be this to be as short and sweet as possible. <laughs> so, but number one, is your resume being too long? Now, I'm not going to say the, the standard old school advice of, you know, a resume should be, um, you know, one page and that's it. I don't think that's necessarily true. Your resume can be two pages. If it's done well, um, that's totally fine. A page and a half, that's also fine. However, the reason why it really also usually is important to keep the resume as concise as possible is because, and this tip kind of flows through all of the tips, different things send a signal when you, it's an unconscious signal when we see a resume because recruiters and hiring managers and people that hire, we look at a lot of resumes. So we are seeing a lot of resumes all the time and we can pick up on these unconscious signals that are being sent just by certain things that are on the resume, formatting and all the different, we see thousands and thousands and thousands and we start to subconsciously um, or unconsciously observe trends here and make assumptions, which I'm not saying is a good thing all the time, but a lot of times it is. It's how we are able to review resumes so quickly and get a, a get a good sense of a person, really. So when a resume is too long, the first the first mistake, you're sending this unconscious signal to the person viewing it that you don't know how to be clear and concise. If you can't even tell your story concisely and clearly, especially if the role requires writing, um, being a writer that, you know, um, editing, things like that. If you can't do that with your own sales page, which is your resume and your LinkedIn profile, it's like this one page um, effort to sell yourself. If you can't do that with yourself, how are you going to be a concise writer for the company? So that's why the, the and that's just with every function, right? Like we also always need to be clear communicators, um, concise communicators, even just in emails and things like that. So again, um, your resume, you don't need 700 bullet points. You need like four or five bullet points or so, maybe, you know, three to six sometimes is, is all you need. Um, you don't need a million bullet points. You save some of that for the interview. Um, you want to just, whatever is the most impactful and relevant to the job is what you want to include on your resume. Most resumes, even executive levels can fit to a page, maybe a page and a half or two. Um, but 
really like try to keep it short because you're sending signals by it being too long, too wordy, et cetera. So number two is the formatting. So I believe that every couple of years, there's just trends in formats of resumes. What used to work before for like Indeed resume formats and stuff like that just doesn't work today. And a couple of years ago, it, Word document resumes were fine. You know, there was like different, um, I used to tell people to look up MBA style resumes or investment banking format resumes and just do that with Microsoft Word. Nowadays, AI has taken over and there's so many different amazing um, websites and services that can spit you out a great resume with awesome formatting. And it uses AI to help you with the keywords that you're, it's just plugging things in to, um, to really help you kind of sell yourself more with all of the wording. And, but the formatting, it catches our eye very quickly. Um, if it's again, Canva has some good resume formats. Um, Resume.io, I recommend a lot, and I tend to like their resumes. Kickresume.com is another one that a lot of people are raving about. Um, my friends at Wansulting have great resume formats. Wansulting.com, I believe. Um, W-O-N, Sulting, like winner, like one, one Sulting. <laughs> um, and um, so many great ones out there. Um, so, the, but the regular resume uh, from like a Word document, is not really winning when you can see some of these other ones and how they they just look better, more polished. They just it kind of just gives a more polished vibe. That's how I will say it. Um, and again, technology has just enhanced kind of the formatting of resumes. So, um, and I also this this does make me say too. This is why I believe so much in paying. If you get stuck on your resume or you don't love your resume. Get your resume done by a professional. Get I have a, a several that I can recommend, but I uh, I got mine done by a professional who has a great format template and everything about it um, is just stellar. It just screams more professional than the one I had before, which again was a Word document and just would not be doing me any justice today. So if I'm a recruiter even paying to get my resume done, that should tell you something. Formatting matters. It just screams. It tells a story as soon as we open it. Does this person know how to job hunt? Does this person know, uh, carry themselves like a professional? That's what this one pager is essentially doing. And I'm just telling you how it is. Don't hate, uh, don't shoot the messenger. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry to say that's just kind of how it goes. I don't love any of these rules and tips either, but I'm just kind of sharing what the reality is. Um, so number three is treating your resume like it's a chronological story. It's not supposed to include everything. Okay. So I'll use myself as an example because I've had like, you know, five or so jobs in my life, but there was one job that I had for seven years and it was what led me to go into recruiting more official kind of recruiting, but it was with this nonprofit and it was recruiting people and it was doing program management and sales and all these different things. But recruiting was like one core function of international kind of recruiting. And now that job, and there was a job I had before that, that was with a, a similar kind of organization, but no recruiting involved in that. The job before that, I don't even have that on my resume now because it doesn't involve recruiting. It, it doesn't help my story in any way. 
you have to learn and know when to take some stuff off of your resume. If it's really not helping and sell your story and it's only adding question marks to the person who's looking at this. That's the other thing. When we look at resumes, you want to mitigate question marks. We don't want somebody reading it to be like, Hmm, why, why were they there for six months or why were they, why did they do that? Um, and it's really, uh, this is where you have to, you know, talk to a professional, get your resume reviewed by a recruiter, um, get work with a, a coach or a resume writer, because you want to be able to, um, obviously not totally lie and take so much off and stuff, but you're telling a story with your resume. It shouldn't just be this chronological thing, especially if you've changed industries a lot and done a lot of different stuff. There's an art to it. There's a, it's writing it's, there's a creative art to it. Um, you don't need to include everything. Okay. Especially this chronological way. There's just creative ways to do it that tell a story. You're trying to tell a story, the story of what that, person wants to see, which takes me kind of to tip number four, um, is not talking to the audience. You have to talk to really, and this is why, um, you know, they, a lot of people will say, edit your resume for each job. I don't know that I love that tip. I think you should just be so honed in on knowing what you're doing and have a resume that speaks to that. Um, or maybe two versions of your resume that you shouldn't have to totally edit and create, you know, for every job application, you shouldn't be doing a ton of editing. If your resume is telling a great story, it should tell that story, even with even if you're applying to lots of different similar things within that scope, if that makes sense. But your every everything on that resume is you you have to talk to the audience, the person who's looking at it, um, and really make the things pop for for that audience. Um, a lot of people, and this is where you know the summary can help a lot. I do. I'm a big fan and believer that we should all have summaries on our resume that helps tell that story. Um, but you have to keep in mind who's looking at it and why. And that person, the recruiter who's going through applications is trying to figure out who they're going to call for that day. Who is going to take, you know, if I am making three or four or seven calls in a day, I, who's going to take my calendar time? You know, like think about the person who's looking at it. Would you call you? <laughs> Would you call you for that job? Okay. And I'm not saying, can you do the job? I'm sure you can, but if there are a hundred or even 20 or two or 500 other applicants coming in, you have to think what's going to make somebody looking at this call me over those other people. Okay. So you have to know how to really, um, skillfully talk to the audience, talk to the person who's looking at it, get out of your own head. And this sometimes does mean ruthlessly taking stuff off there that just doesn't make sense for that person, right? This is where you don't need, again, the seven bullet points or 10 bullet points on a job. It's making it long and making it so that we don't even see what is relevant. So you need to talk to the audience as well. And the last tip is nowadays your resume, you need to it needs to be great. And you need to love your resume. The competition is fierce in 2023 from all the top companies laying everybody off. And I'm not one to ever really like go, um, you know, aggressively say, worry about the competition. I think we should always be trying to up-level ourselves. And when you up-level yourself, you are just focused on doing things better within your job search. Don't worry about everybody else. However, we, can, we can't ignore the fact that there are a lot of people getting laid off every day. There are a lot of people now that really need jobs and that are job hunting that cut from great companies, you know, from, from the metas and all the tech companies and stuff. So um, you have to love your resume. 
you, it has to be great. It can't just be good. You can't just be like crossing your fingers, hoping it's good enough. It needs to really be great. The competition is pretty high out there. Um, I know great candidates that are submitting a hundred applications and they're only getting like two or three responses back. Um, now that's not to scare you, but there are, you know, it all goes into the strategy of networking and doing lots of other stuff to get the, to get on top and getting referrals to get on top of the pile. But there's just no denying you need to have a great resume for when you apply for when the recruiter sees it. And for every interview, if you have, if there's three or four rounds in an interview, the hiring managers at every step are looking at your resume. You want to know that your resume is amazing and that they are, you feel good about it. It's telling a story that you feel good about sharing because it's not just opening a door it's opening every conversation and these are the decision makers that are going to get you a job so the resume is just wildly important you want to love it so also when you're having these networking conversations or you're doing um just you know any kind of um applications and stuff you are feeling so good about it um every time you send it off for instance i just uh saw a someone i know from college who was like one of my first friends at my university a thousand years ago, he, um, and he was very entrepreneurial back then. And he actually used to hire me to do some stuff for like his businesses. And this was before it was cool to like side hustle and do like startups and on the side and stuff. So he, um, he was connected to a guy, a CEO that I want to reach out to about a separate, um, project. And you better believe that if, now I don't need to send my resume as part of this, but if I did, I would want to feel good about showing this college friend my resume and then showing that person if they were sending it hypothetically, if this person was hiring at the CEO for his company, for a recruiter or something, if my friend is sending my resume, my friend from college is sending my resume to that CEO I'm, I need to love it. I don't want to be embarrassed by my resume. I don't, I don't want it to be good. I want to know that it's great and it is selling me. Too many people kind of like their resume after a million edits. They don't love it. So my encouragement to you is take it off of your plate, get it to a place where you love it, where it's tested, where a recruiter is giving it the thumbs up, that it's good, that it's great. Um, and that's what I do in my job salon program, nikkiwoodall.com slash the job salon includes resume review, weekly live coaching calls, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, get the, get the recruiter thumbs up that your resume is great and it's ready to be submitted for these applications, especially if you're not hearing back from companies, you want to kind of figure out why. Okay. So those are the most common things. It's too long. And then that says, uh, sends other signals that you can't be clear and concise, not great formatting for 2023. The technology has stepped up. The formats have stepped up. Um, don't use a word document, like old school kind of formatting with weird margins and stuff like that. Um, definitely try to step that up. Um, treat it, treating it like a chronological story. It's not telling and conveying a good message about who you are and, and what you want to do next. Cause that's another big thing. We want to figure out what you want to do next, as much as we want to be able to see that page real quick and know what you've done. I want to know what is this person looking for next? Great resumes do that. They tell us a full story about also what you want next, not talking to the audience enough and catering it to the audience clearly enough. And then also you want to love it. This is not the time to have a good or okay resume. You want to have a stellar resume. So I hope this was helpful. NikkiWoodall.com for services or visit NikkiWoodall.com slash the job salon to get your resume reviewed. All right. Love, love. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Hello. Hello. Okay. Nikki here. We're calling this a bonus tip or tip number six. Um, but let's say 
I think this is the most important. I think this is a very, very, very important. So I had to, to jump on here and include it. So, um, and this is kind of heavily debated. I don't know how other recruiters actually feel about this, but I feel like it could be controversial actually. <laughs> so, um, but basically when we look at resumes really quickly, recruiters are actually looking for people who have done the job, the exact job most recently. What tells us that you've been doing that job quicker than the title of the job? Nothing. If you've been, a, if we're hiring for a marketing manager, we want the person who's been a marketing manager, HR manager, HR director, similar things. Now, can we see that like, you know, an HRBP might be similar kind of scope as an HR, a HR business partner could be similar to an HR manager or whatever. Yes. When we read through and look at all the details, but our eyes and our bias is still always going to go toward the people who have had the same title and the same job, like most recently, this most recent relevant experience and title. So my tip is to change your title when relevant. And I'm not saying lie. I'm not saying if you've been, you know, working as like a gas station attendant to lie and say you've been working as an administrative assistant or something like that. Like you don't want to lie. But if your company just calls something different than your what your industry could be calling it, it is okay, in my opinion, to tweak titles a little bit. So when I was in my nonprofit and doing recruiting, but doing a lot of other territory management and other stuff, I started getting way more hits when I changed my title from employment services manager, which nobody knew what that was, to if it was HR coordinator or HR manager or, or recruiter or whatever, to whatever that title was that I was going for, I would change the title. So um, because it was true that my company was a nonprofit, we had weird titles, so nobody really cares. All you're trying to do is make sure the recruiter is going to see that you've been doing the work and then they get on the phone and then you're able to talk through it with them. So change your title, if you can, to match the job most recently. And I do find like, this is another one. Marketers struggle, tend, tend to like, you know, take a long time changing jobs and stuff. Um, if the titles are a little bit different or um, just, just generally, I feel like the closer you can get your title for your most recent or maybe the job right before if your current if your most recent job is really not exactly what you know you're going for even the job before if you're when we look at that linkedin profile or that resume you only have a couple of seconds for those keywords to pop off the page and nothing pops off and looks makes you look most relevant than having the titles match okay so think about that play with it for yourself phone a friend if you need to um, but I'm a big believer that tweaking titles sometimes can really open doors way more quickly, especially if you have jobs with like weird titles. Um, if you, if you're, if your industry calls it different things, change it to what you are applying to and see how that can help you with hits. Okay. I hope that makes sense, but changing titles don't lie, but change it when it's relevant and when you can, and when you've genuinely been doing that work, right? Like an HR business partner who's been doing the work as an HR director, if they're going for a job that's HR director, change it, you know, and make sure it's, you explain that kind of in the bullets and stuff, but you really want to get things to match. Even recruiter to talent acquisition, that those tiny little nuanced differences can make a big deal in what that person's seeing and how they decide to, um, how they decide who to call. We want to call the person who's been doing what we're looking for 
most recently, okay? And out of the, let's say 100 or 200 or 300 candidates, there's going to be other people that have those titles very recently. So you need to up your chances of getting a call by tweaking them when appropriate. Hope that helps. Thanks, bye-bye.